from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. We're getting some of those hot topics trending online this week from the opinion website, thebigsmoke.com.au. Founder Alexandra back with us. Alex, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, and I've always wondered, as I'm sure you have, what happens to narcissists when you take their mobile mobile phone away from them? Someone's researched this, and what did they come up with? So, you know, we often talk about narcissists on social media. A lot of people wrongly categorize a person as a narcissist. And, you know, but there's a, there's a, there's a fascination around the word. Um, and we always say that somebody we don't like is a narcissist. But actually, <laughs> this is a real study that's done by the Journal of Psychology, been published in the Journal of Psychology. And it looks into what happens when a person who actually does have a narcissistic tendencies that would be diagnosed by a psychologist and taking their phones away from them. And what the research found was something what they call nomophobia, which is the no mobile phone phobia. It's a fear of not having access to your smartphone. It's a fear of not being able to um, connect with the people in your, you know, networks. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a feeling of an of an uneasy sense of I'm feeling disconnected from every, everything because they get their validation from going through social from commenting on posts, from seeing comments to them on on other posts. And it's all of those narcissistic traits that actually identify that they get really stressed out and showed how addicted to social media they were. Now, this made me nervous. (laughs) I was just saying, this could be a lot of people. I'm, yeah, I'm not diagnosed, and I'm not a diagnosed narcissist. In fact, I've said to my therapist, do you think I'm a narcissist? And he's like, no, you're too, you know... You, you know, you're to the opposite end of the spectrum. But, uh-huh. um, you know, I get stressed when my phone's away from yeah. me. And also, so we just want to make sure that research like this doesn't get confused with um, the addiction to our phones because of dopamine hits, doom scrolling, that kind of stuff, because mm. there's other research out there. So this doesn't mean that the, the person you're watching going on their phone all the time is a narcissist. This was just about the fact that, we saw how nomophobia, which I think is a cool term, um, impacts somebody who does have narcissistic tendencies. Next time I see my wife on her phone, I know what to say, right? Narcissist! (laughs) Now, speaking of relationships, why... Now, I had to double-check with you when you you sent me this because the word is fexting, F-E-X-T-I-N-G. So you sent the headline, why you should not be fexting in a relationship. And I've got no idea what fexting even is, so I guess I'm not doing it? Yeah, so this was, you know, we, we, we have had a number of terms over the past few years for relationships and people who are dating. So you got the ghosting, you got the, you know, you know, putting somebody on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these different phrases to describe a relationship. This is fexting, and it's when a couple argues via text and they refuse <laughs> to talk about the argument. So, so the idea behind it is that it's actually becoming more commonplace where people are going to their phones and really, you know, saying everything that they might not have said to their partner if they were face-to-face through their text. So they might be at work and they're angry and they're messaging. Um, and basically this, different, this research looked into the insights around how people engaged in text-based arguments mm-hmm. and how that impacted their relationships. So the research found that 69.61% of the people in the survey engaged in an argument via text with their partners. And, um, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that it gives the person a chance to think about how they're going to respond. So, you know, when you're in a discussion and it's a bit heated, mm. you might say something you didn't mean, you might phrase it wrong. The texting, the, the allure of the texting was that it allowed you to 
you know, phrase it a certain way. Um, and, but the problem was that the research found it actually negatively impacted the relationship because you didn't really resolve the argument. You just kept texting and it became like a ping pong of, of you know, annoyed and angry messages. Mm. So it's an important thing to be aware of um, because it is easy to just text. And I know that my husband and I have done that where we've been annoyed and we just text each other and we, do, you know, we could have just picked up the phone. I, I'm probably more likely to do it than him. Just pick up the phone and had the conversation. It would be over. You would hear the tone of the person, yeah. you know, all of that. But, um, but texting is a new thing and we just want to be careful the way we say it because it's easy to say the wrong thing there. And text can be so in, like you can interpret it so many different ways as well. I think that's the tricky yeah. thing. You can't read the tone, the tone in someone's thing. voice. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, people get offended even if you send a, a thumbs up now. You yes. know what I mean? Like sometimes people feel a thumbs up is passive aggressive. <laughs> so you can imagine how easy it is to misunderstand or misconstrue a comment that's just being read. Uh, now, last headline, too many people uh, say that they would be able to fly a plane and ep- experts are s- struggling to convince them otherwise. So people think they can just jump in a plane these days? Yeah, so this is quite an interesting um, piece of research. It came out of this idea that people believe that they can actually fly a plane because they see it as similar to, um, you know, driving a car or playing a game. Um, and they think, oh, I could definitely land a plane um, and it wouldn't, I wouldn't need a lot of training. And so the research really looked into what did that mean for experts in terms of trying to help people understand um, why, you know, training is really important and, and the importance of not over extending yourself in terms of your capability. So, of course, there's not going to be many people who are going to have to test this theory. They're not going to <laughs> you know, suddenly need you to fly a plane. But um, but it, it does say a lot about a person's, um, I guess, overestimating their capacity and their ability to do certain things. Um, so the researchers who, who were part of the study, they did say, you know, it was frustrating how many people just felt so strongly that they would have no problem whatsoever <laughs> flying and landing a plane. Um, they could, you know, if there was, they probably watched too many movies um, and particularly men, their confidence level rose to around 50% when asked, um, could you safely land a, a, a plane with no air traffic controllers guidance and no training? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure. That sounds easy. Well, I definitely can't land a plane, but I can absolutely do takeoff. I don't even think I could do that. But you just pull the third, thing up. You just pull no, the thing up. Too, I'm already confused. <laughs> oh, that is fascinating research. Yeah, it, it often crops up when you're on a plane. You're like, am I going to have to jump in the cockpit at some point? Uh, thankfully, no, Alex. Thankfully, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, dot au. Jump on there. Join the convo. And, of course, Alex will catch up next week. Thank you. The feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. It's